accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Continuing our run through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called Covenant. It is the ninth episode of the seventh season. Aired on 25th of November 1998. Written by Rene Echevarria. Directed by John Kretschmer. In this episode, Kira is abducted by a cult that worships the Power Wraiths and is led by their master, Dukat. We're joined by Clay, who is nobody's master. How are you? Good. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I, um, I didn't. I, I was going to say well, I had two <laughs> options there. I could say you are my master or you're nobody's, and neither one felt appropriate for me to say. Mm, so, yeah. you know, jack of all, <laughs> whatever's master of none. I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um. I uh, I hate relationship Odo so much, mm-hmm. and I wish everybody else hated him as much as I do. I mean, everybody else on the show. Like, I wish there was a scene where O'Brien and Bashir were just like, "Oh, Jesus Christ." <laughs> Just O'Brien making that whip, cracking the whip noise in the background yeah. constantly. <laughs> Ever since they got together, he just is the worst. He's pretty, pretty weak here. This is it's a, it's like the worst high school thing where it's like, oh, you're into religion. Maybe I should get into religion as well. Have any of you ever listened to Billy Joel? Oh my goodness, yeah. Kira really likes Billy Joel, and I, I would love to get into Billy Joel. I uh, I stick to the the show has a BC and AD of the Kira and Odo thing. It's a, it's like a fundamental shift in the show, mm. I think. But this is a Kira episode. We're going to talk about Covenant, the return of Gull Dukat, who just a cot, I guess at this point he's no longer a Gull. But we'll get into all of that after this. I'm going to take a break, play an audio clip. Me and Clay will come back, and we're going to break down Covenant. Benyon is Mika's husband. Oh, congratulations! I understand it isn't easy to uh, get permission to have a baby. The master told us you wouldn't approve of our ways. He said we should be patient with you. Don't go out of your way. I don't understand why he brought you here. Benyon. That's all right. We all work very hard for what we have. We don't need you or anyone else to approve of us. Fair enough. Don't misunderstand. I hope you come to feel the love of the palm race. But if you don't, it's your loss. No offense. None taken. In fact, I've always found that uh, when people try to convince others of their beliefs, it's because they're really just trying to convince themselves. Very, 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 very weird episode, I think, here, Clay. Um, mm. I, I I, don't know. I, I don't find this one to be awful. I don't find it to be great at anything. I, I think what it actually does is it's a... Um, it's a prime example of what I think is actually DS9's fundamental flaw as a show or like the biggest problem that it has, mm-hmm. which is this weird, clumsy collision of serialized story and episodic Star Trek combining into this thing that is now going on for 175 episodes at this point. And I think that as we're entering season seven, if you're not outright running out of ideas for characters and sort of becoming redundant Ducat is an example of becoming redundant through the fact that the writers constantly change his motivations throughout the mm. series and mm-hmm. he's he's still a good character i think but he's 
it almost becomes like you start to become aware on a meta level of like, Jesus, does this guy ever just stick to one thing as he's going through his career? Like, or is he going to bounce back and forth? And he's a hustler, baby. You got to keep moving. He's, yeah, he's like a shark. He's got to keep moving or he'll just uh, drop dead. But uh, th- that's pretty much my major takeaway from this one because I think this one is sort of interesting. But at the same time, it also is like, oh, you start to see DS9 for what it is, I think. And you start to see the problems. And I think he's the character that exemplifies those problems more than any. But what would you think of Covenant? You know, um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird from a character standpoint with Ducat because I feel like they've kind of moved away from him. So they're not really sh- and they moved away from him and they kind of made went and made him go nuts. I think so, that, that's uh, the um that's the episodic thing. I I I'll, I'll say it before you go back to you but Nog mm-hmm. is kind of the same. Like because they're an episodic TV that's not really what you'd consider modern television, they can't kill off characters like him. Like you feel like Ducat right. should have ended after Waltz or maybe Wrong Stark and the Death or Night or whatever. He doesn't so you can feel the strings of the writers having to pull things to bring him back onto the show. And that's yeah. what it always feels like when he comes back. And it's a little bit distracting where same with Nog's leg, like Nog, you could argue maybe he should have died in the siege of AR AR five five eight, but he didn't because they have to keep him around. It's the same with Ducat. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I think those things kind of collide in this episode really interestingly, because from a serial standpoint, I don't think it, it, yeah, you can feel, you can really feel them trying to stretch to have a reason to bring Ducat back. But I mean, we are like almost halfway through the season, right? Yes. Uh, third, third of the way. Yeah. Third, under half. third of the way through the season. He hasn't even shown up yet. This is the first time he's shown up, I think. Right. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Um, however, from an episodic standpoint, uh, I actually really enjoyed this episode. I I thought it was really interesting um, because it dealt with the profit stuff in a way that I I actually was kind of invested in and and found was an interesting take on it. And I think using Ducat to do that was the was the right character to do it with um, instead of coming up with some, you know, if it had just been. Vedic Farquaad or whatever his name was. Yeah, the, the uh, guy that they du- introduce here. Yeah. yeah, a guy you've never seen before. You wouldn't really give a shit. But like the fact that Ducat shows up and he's like, I have seen the light and all of these people are with me. And actually, it's your religion that's wrong. It's like uh, that, then it, it, you actually have some character relationship and, you, you know, the history is built into it. And um, I it went. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It went a little straightforward culty about halfway through but the stuff that they were putting the, the ideas that they were positing at the beginning i actually found really fascinating and a, and a really i was happy that they got into that stuff uh specifically the sort of uh from from a point of view of ducat i think this is a really twisted and brilliant way to run this through his filter yeah, yeah. which is the sort of um uh jesus christ superstar take on judas where it's like well if we're being fair, if this is all part of the God's plan, then technically all I was doing was just following the God's plan, right? So yep. if you believe that, then all of the shit stuff that I did to you, I mean, I wasn't at fault. I was just following the order. I was just flowing along the river of the prophets. And and for uh, Kira to be like, well, no, you can't do that. And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like. Prove me gotta, wrong. Prove yeah, me wrong. It's, it's you know, it's it's sort of the flip side of the uh, um, 
you know, the thing where, where it's like, oh, the, if, if there's a, the, the conceit of the exorcist, which is, uh, uh, um, if there's a devil, that must then mean there is a God, that mm-hmm. sort of thing where it's like, there can't be one without the other. And it's, it's, it's sort of the flip side of that where it's like, okay, well, if this is all part of the plan of a, a, a deity or, or whatever, then I guess I just was doing what was, what was I was being told to do. Uh, you know, so I, I find that really fascinating because they, you, they've never pushed back on any of that stuff. Like the stuff where he was, uh, um, uh, I, I can't remember if they exactly got into this or if I was hoping they were going to get into this. The idea that, uh, um, yeah, no, they didn't touch on this. I was, I was thinking about this in my head because they were bringing these things up and I was thinking like, yeah, like, couldn't you go at Kira and be like, well, how come they only talked to Cisco? How come they, how come they came, how come the prophets went out of their way to destroy the dominion fleet, but they let you suffer for 50 years? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can get into that kind of argument and then, and, and he's kind of not wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. it's, and he's the perfect person to do that because he's such a, a, uh, a manipulator. Um, but once it went straight culty, I, I like that too because I like cults. I think that's, that's fun. <laughs> as soon as soon as when they when they did the thing with the pregnant woman, I was like, okay. And then as soon as they brought it up again, I was like, oh, I know how this is going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was right, obviously. That's uh, that's something that that's actually kind of a, an interesting thing about it too. I guess we'll push that off for a little bit. But it's a it's definitely a um, paradise lost version of DS Nine of how they're approaching the uh, like who's to say Lucifer isn't the hero of this story, right? Yeah, and it's the other thing that the uh, I remember when we were growing up in high school and you learned about the different sects of Christianity or whatever. And when I was younger and you heard about Calvinism, it sounded so insane because you're like, well, what what is this religion that they're like? Well, basically, you are you are determined at birth whether or not you are damned or not. Like, there's nothing you can do for yourself. Is the Calvinist Mm -hmm. ideology of like you're either you're either uh, born of sin or whatever, or you're just going to go to heaven. There's like nothing you can do. It's all preordained. And you're like, what a crazy belief system. But as you get older, how can you have an omnipresent God and not have that be the case where things yeah. are predetermined? That's the only way that it seems to make sense. There can't be any kind of free will if you have a being who knows everything about everything. And yeah, who knows there's, the- go ahead. There's a, uh, uh, I've, I've had this discussion with Dave every now and then about how, uh, the the other thing that I, I found interesting about this is they they do touch on 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 sort of the hypocrisy of forgiveness and how you can uh, uh, use that as a as a as a sort of uh, a get out of jail free card when it suits your purposes. Um, like say if you have a, a politician who's going to pack the courts for you but has a really questionable past mm-hmm. uh, and doesn't make sense that you as some sort of religious person would be on their side. But, uh, you know, as long as you forgive them, then it's fine. Um, and they kind of get into that a little bit here where, where Kira is talking to Vedic uh, Funbags. About, I think his name is Fala. Fala or Fala. Fala. Okay. Yeah. About, uh, you know, how can you follow this guy? And he's like, oh, I've forgiven him. All is, all is forgiven. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, D- Dave and I have kind of talked about that, how there's a, a fundamental... Um, uh, con- uh, c- conflict if, as someone who is uh, believes in an all-powerful God and subscribes ascribes to the concept of it's all part of God's plan but also 
is someone who believes in the concept of free will because they 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 fundamentally don't don't agree with each other. No, they they are at odds. Yeah, they the. Uh, the idea is that he gave you free will, which is kind of an out of the God is no longer responsible for what you do. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. doesn't seem to jive with the fact that the creator of the universe is responsible for everything that ever happens. Right. So you, you, it's, it's a way to blame people for their problems while still having the idea that an all powerful deity exists above top yeah. of, on top of that. Yeah. It is because yeah, it is like the, um, the, the, oh, go ahead. Well, the, the science of the forgiveness is strange because it relies completely on the honesty of the person who's saying that they need forgiveness. And Ducat right. obviously is not that character, but you have a hard time claiming that someone does not forgive, which I guess ties into Ducat's whole thing here where I there's no way to end this episode and not think that Ducat is a believer in the power rates, right? Because they have that scene where he prays by himself to the power rates. Mm-hmm. He, he mm-hmm. clearly believes it. And I think that the, the prayer scene where he's by himself actually does damage to it because I would prefer to not be aware of what Dukat thinks in this episode. Yeah. And I also don't like the ending where Kira's like, well, now he's a super bad guy. And, and you go like, okay, thank you for, for clarifying that. I would prefer that throughout the course of the episode, like they do with the sexual assault scene where the baby is born, you're never clear why that has happened or what Dukat mm. thinks about things or why he's gone this this route. They have to, to bring him back as Dukat, they kind of have to have him be the charlatan uh, Joseph Smith character here where he's like, yeah. he's fraudulent in what he's doing. But I think it's much more, much more interesting if they play it the other way where you are completely unsure about whether or not this is forgiveness and it's Dukat who just can't, who can't not do the bad things, but he's trying to not be that Ducat character that he was. He's trying to find the righteous path of the Powerwraiths or whatever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they can't do that because they have to bring him back into the fold and they have to set him up as a bad guy. And, and the Powerwraiths are bad. Similar to what you were saying, this, this struck me as an episode where we've talked before about it. You just accept that the Prophets are good and the Powerwraiths are bad. Right. This, this lays out a case that that might not be the case, but it has no evidence to support either direction of that. Like you... You either just accept the profits at face value or the power rates, and there's no good argument as to one way or the other, except for Ducat's thing about, well, the profits let you guys get suffered for 80 years or whatever in your Dominion occupation or uh, Bajoran occupation. Yeah, that scene where they have him praying doesn't super jibe with the end of it, where he's kind of does the shifty eye thing and then, well, and then like jetpacks out of there, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Because yeah, it it seems like it's something he he believes in, but at the end, he clearly is just trying to cover his tracks and get out of there without any incident. What, um, what do you think he's actually trying to do in this episode? Uh, I think this is a problem for me because I would be yeah. fine with the ambiguity, and I'd be like, well, it's just you know he's doing it because he's trying to find the right path and he can't. But the ending makes it clear that that's not the case. He he seems to have some other ulterior goal in mind. Well. I mean, you could argue that technically he's not, he is being quote unquote honest in what he's trying to do. And that the result of his prayer wasn't the power rates telling him you need to kill everybody, but it was just him of his own uh, mind going, maybe I need to kill everybody. So you think that and, he and thinks him- that his baser instincts are what the power rates want? Possibly, yeah. I think you could read it that way if you wanted to. Um, and but the end scene is very much playing as someone who's 
uh, been discovered, you know, and uh, the charlatan who's been discovered and him. Where he realizes he doesn't want to die in the Heaven's Gate uh, type knockoff story where he's like, everyone drink the Kool-Aid and put on your Nikes and let's kill ourselves. Yeah. For the record, it's Flavor Aid in real life. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I just got to be accurate for my last podcast. Do you remember the the news footage when that came out, how they showed that on TV where everyone was dead under sheets on the bunk beds with their feet sticking out and they just showed that? I remember being yeah. being young and watching that. Well, not young, but yeah. like a teenager. I actually, I don't even, I don't remember how they did it for Heaven's Gate, how they killed themselves. They drank Kool-Aid, poison. No, that was, uh, that was Jonestown. Uh, unless unless oh, Heaven's Gate also did that. I think they also did it. I think they drank poisoned Kool-Aid or something. I can look it up, but you finish your point. Um, yeah, the, uh, I forget what I was saying. What was I saying? No, uh, you talk about Ducat's exit there. The, the ending of his oh, story. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just it's that last scene kind of undercuts any of that because it's it's very much a a being found out scene and he's doing the uh um frantic yelling saying, uh, "Now none of you are going to get it. You guys, you know what? You guys, you blew it. You were this close to enlightenment, but you guys all blew it." Um and that doesn't seem very honest and doesn't seem very sincere in the way he, you know, Get packs out of there doesn't feel very sincere either. Like, yeah. uh, I, I I think there's a way you could probably end it where it is more sincere. But yeah, I think it is. I I think I would have appreciated the more ambiguity as to what his his uh, motives actually were. The uh, the heavens honestly, because oh, honestly, the uh, making it. I feel like it's it's the fact that they. What am I trying to say? Um. I don't totally know what his motives were, and I think making it more ambigu- ambiguous would have actually helped it yeah. actually mean something more as a story, if that makes sense. Yep. I, I, I'll chase that. I'll just say that the uh, Heaven's Gate people took phenobarbital mixed with applesauce and pudding and washed it down uh, with vodka. And they tied geez. plastic, like plastic bags around their heads after ingesting it to induce asphyxiation. So. Yeah, that's wow. it. And I remember that being a kid, and them showing that on TV. It was like, wow, this is this is strange. But the uh, I I remember. Do you remember they did a bit on SNL? It was like a fake. I think it was SNL. It was a fake. Might have been Mad TV because this feels pretty crass. It was a fake commercial uh, where they where they uh, panned through. They used the footage of finding everybody dead there and panned through and uh, showed that they were all wearing Nikes. And then it just at the bottom, it just had the Reebok logo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not 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 bad actually. I guess since they killed themselves, you can kind of um, have loosey goosey rules or whatever. But what a strange group! People should people should look up the Heaven's Gate cult if you're unfamiliar. They're very strange. Um, mm. A lot of Star Trek nomenclature if you want to um, have a Star Trek. Uh, impact on your sort of cult death suicide things. The um, I nerds, think th- man, nerds with <laughs> power are very dangerous. <laughs> I think um, I think one of the problems with an episode like this, if you're not going to be ambiguous, is the fact that because the whole episode is kind of about faith and what you take on faith and like what you don't recognize about faith. When you have a um, when you try to have like a rational criticism of it, it doesn't seem fair to it mm. in some ways, like to. To complain about the story direction in this, because it is not ambiguous, it, it seems logical to do. And I think the episode would have benefited from 
an ambiguous nature that basically protects the fact that you can't tell what Ducat believes. And Ducat's belief system is like core and central to everything. And so if you start having things like him jetpacking out, as you say at the end, or Kira even saying, like, well, now he's definitely a bad guy, uh, that undermines everything that you've done before that. And all the interesting parts of this episode come before that, when it's all the setup and you don't know what Ducat is up to and the pregnancy and everything like that. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, where is this coming from? And once it delves into something else outside of that to bring Ducat back, I don't think it's really as good because I can, if you want to bring Ducat back, I can see him coming back for this episode. And I think that he is the perfect person to relate to the Pyrrhites in that way. Like he makes sense as a twisted mirror of Cisco. He calls himself the emissary in this, which is like perfect yeah. for everything that they want to do with that. It's just the fact that the Pyrrhites aren't defined and Ducat is overdefined. So the two should have mixed better there, I think. It would be my solution to it. Do you think do you think it would have been um a, a benefit or a not benefit? <laughs> I can't remember what the word. <laughs> uh, to um have at the end after he while he's yelling about uh the them not being part of the the glory of the power is or whatever, instead of having him just teleport out of there if they had actually had the parades like remove him oh sure you know like have his eyes glow red or something and then you know i don't know a shoots at the wall comes, slingshot comes out of his chest and he just <laughs> repels out of there by by energy beam um i you know just to make it a little bit more fuzzy as to who, what's who's going in on. charge yeah because yeah. who who beams him out because he's not associated with the dominion anymore at this point i yeah. don't think because he, he says the thing about how he's hiding there on empok nor from them so if it's a dominion that transport that transported it would make a lot more sense wouldn't it to have um it not be uh to have it be power rate enabled that gets him out of there i think that, i think that's the only way that they could have gone they chose not to for whatever reason mm-hmm. yeah because i i mean i guess you could assume he has a escape pod ready or something that he just beams himself directly to the escape pod or something well that, that implies a that implies a larger plot for him i guess i guess right. not though i guess you could just say that this is all in ducat's character and he is saying that his character is enabled by the gods and so whatever he does must be righteous in that sense so it's one of those things it's not going to be a satisfying resolution you can kind of get out of loopholes or problems with the episode because it's supposed to be about that which i don't think is necessarily a problem but i don't know if the episode embraces that idea fully yeah i guess it's tough to do an episode about faith where the uh, the 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 tough thing about doing episodes or stories about faith is that i can't tell if it undercuts it if the faith turns out to be real right you know what i mean like if if you're doing an episode about faith and and belief and taking things on faith and then you have God literally show up. Does that not sort of undercut the point of what you're doing? So I guess maybe having him removed by the Pares would kind of undercut that. But I mean, I guess you could. It doesn't undercut his arguments, though, like because you know that the Pares exist at this point. It doesn't. Under, I don't True. think it undercuts his argument because you are you're still unsure whether or not he is right in terms of what the. Uh, best case scenario is for Bajor. Yeah. yeah like you- and I mean, I mean, they are, the Pares are uh, 
like you like you were saying, it feels like from the standpoint of the people who make the show and the way we're supposed to perceive it, the pares are bad and the profits are good. So having the pares show up at the end or whatever, use their magic to get him out of there doesn't hurt our understanding of them. And it does hurt the understanding of the people who are following them, which I guess also that still works then. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't hurt Ducat either. I don't think because right. that yeah. would uh, that would enable his escape. Because I mean, sense for it's, him as it's clear he from his actions previously that he is a, at least in some way, a servant of the Pares because you know they possessed him and then he blasted Jadzia with his chest beam. Yep, yep, and now uh, he prays so to them. Not, yeah, yeah, and now he prays to them. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of character for them to you know yank their emissary out of there, um, and then it could be like oh well. I think I think in that case maybe it actually is a little bit more interesting in the end anyway because then once the fake suicide is is exposed it seems like oh he he's just trying to cover his his path his 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 steps yeah um but if the Pares actually yank him out of there you kind of go oh no the par he the Pares wanted him to kill everybody mm, right you know yeah so yeah. yeah I don't know yeah yeah it's I I do like them setting him up as the Antichrist figure because mm-hmm. i think if mm-hmm. you're going to have cisco as the emissary you need to have him uh, as his counterpoint uh, in that way and so i think i think it's important and having the power is help him at the end would show that they similarly believe in him and this is not ducat's megalomania that's acting up like mm-hmm. if it's ducat's it's tough because i think if you want to if you want to pay off the the profit stuff you kind of have to go into this way of being i was I thought that they could have continued the um, being more of a Star Trek-y thing if it's, if it's about the perspective of this cult and them not necessarily being wrong. Like, it, it is more of a Paradise Lost kind of story. Mm-hmm. I, I like that as well because we don't know anything about the power rates of the prophets at this point. So it, it seems strange to align yourself with one side or the other based purely on based purely on Kira who comes in as a believer and goes your gods are nonsense which is another funny thing about it like it's right. the it's the religious person coming in saying well my gods are real but your gods are clearly fake um mm-hmm. and this seems obvious mm-hmm. to me and it's self evident to me they don't really go about that and them not doing anything about that is tough because it makes the cult people look like idiots in a lot of ways, like the right, especially during the birth scene where the Cardassian baby comes down, Ducat's like, uh, 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 it's yeah. a miracle. <laughs> like no one in the audience goes like, what, what the hell? Like this is the more logical explanation, and that leads into the bizarre scene where he decompresses the shut the bay, the bay, and she doesn't get sucked out into space. I don't think. Um, yeah, she gets ex- slammed against the door because apparently the door opens very, very slowly, <laughs> and I it technically. <laughs> It does and it doesn't make sense, I think, because I I don't think they're 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 not taking into account all of the physics rules. Because I think the idea is that the since the door opens slowly, she gets sucked towards the door and hits the door. So once all the air it's like when a car fills up with water. It's oh, I see. The force the of her gets stopped, so she gets, yeah. she doesn't so, keep going. Yeah. So once all the air gets sucked out of the airlock, then there's no more vacuum. You know, yeah. So once all that air is gone, if she doesn't, if she's just getting pressed against the thing, she's not going to get sucked out, and therefore she can just <laughs> lay on the floor. <laughs> However, 
you would also think that there would be no gravity in which she would just float out float. the door. But <laughs> I she, guess there's no air, but the gravity lock is still working or yeah, something. She's, I don't know. The, the station is big enough where she gets stuck to it uh, from its own gravitational pull. Yeah. Yeah, That that's the... I wasn't crazy about that because it, that seems like a very writerly, I need to kill her but have her still be around here somewhere where mm-hmm. she, she can't get totally removed. But I do like but the... No, I was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I do like the scene between them two, yes. those two, because it's ambiguous as to whether or not this is some sort of callback to Ducat's um, past as a kind of like man of the ladies, as he thinks of himself, or whether or not mm-hmm. she was coerced into it, or whether or not she believes that he is this prophet that uh, he talks about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that scene plays any particular way specifically and i think that it's nice that it doesn't do that because you end up not being sure about whether or not uh who's a part of what and who isn't a part of that and i think that that's important to the episode but they undo that the rest of the way yeah i i like that scene because he at first you think oh he was she was just having an affair with him but then as it goes on it it reads as though oh i think he like raped her yeah it's it's very it's very ambiguous there about what's going on, and I think that was a a really interesting way to play it. Um, I does it not make sense to kill the father though? You would think so. That would be the yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, whatever. It's it makes it. You have that scene. I guess he's got to do something. So and she's there. So maybe he's got to be there to get going. angry about it. But yeah, he's <laughs> just that. Just the. Uh... Yeah, just that that scene with the uh, the baby, just Ducat uh, making the best of a bad situation there. I think is is fairly. Speak, speaking of the father, I actually liked that scene, that first scene with him and Kira, where uh, uh, she's introduced to him as he's doing the painting. Yeah, and uh, they have that kind of back and forth about stuff. I thought that was I thought that was good. I liked that uh, that back and forth they had. The uh, where he says like I know what I believe in, and she's like that's what scares me. That was that was that was good stuff. I liked yeah, yeah. Because I, I like the cult of the power wraith. I think that that's a, an interesting yeah. or like a necessary idea. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's something that they, they could have done with. I thought that the, I thought that this episode did a good job with that. It's just, it might just come down to the, the, the lack of understanding you have about the prophets in general and how well you can build off an, a mirror image of something that you're not really familiar with in the first place. So how effective can that be? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I just I I think the other thing that really works for it is Ducat is the perfect cult leader. Like you couldn't really come up yes. with a better person to become a leader of this group than him. And right. I think that that really works cleverly and well. And it does reinsert Ducat back into the narrative. Um, it's really just like the the nuts and bolts of it that doesn't work for me. But I think that he's well executed, and he's Alemo's just so strong as Ducat that there's no way they can't bring him back. Yeah, he's excellent. I'm glad that he is back. Um, if they had to force him in, that's fine. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I think they wrote themselves into a corner by by uh, um, doing what they did with him at the end of the season, uh, by essentially moving him off of the board without killing him or anything. Right. Uh, speaking of killing, you don't have to spoil it and tell me what happens, but does he survive to the end of the show? Yes. He does. Okay. Because I, I kind of... I was kind of hoping that Worf would get to kill him at the end of the series. I thought that would be a good way to send him out. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, he's... In my head, in my head I was thinking, uh, you know, they have him dead to rights, and Kira stops from killing him, and then Worf just steps in and bat left his head <laughs> off or something. <laughs> it's like the uh, the uh, Thanos scene exactly, from Endgame. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, he's he's a prominent part of the final ten episode arc. So okay, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really all I have to say about this one. Um, I guess we'll just take a break. We'll play an audio clip. Me and Clay will come back. We'll read some patron thoughts and give our final thoughts about Covenant. Listen to me. Now tell them, Ducat. Tell them you never had any intention of dying with them. My time here is not finished. The Powerades want me to continue bringing others into their light. This is his child. That's why you tried to kill Mika. The Powerades have forgiven my sin. They've given me their absolution. All right, everybody. So if you enjoyed the content today, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file to support the show. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff like extra podcasts. And also, if you're a captain tier supporter, you get a shout out. Special thanks go to Andrew Cherlog, Ben Douglas, Captain Quark, Cardinal Doomsday, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Mosk, David Beermore, David Kay, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson. I see unicorns, Yarpy, Joint Mango, Kevin Reyes, Kyle Barrett, Matt Cutler, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Elledge, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, Sean, Spinobi, Tark Latif, Vault 13 Hero, and Will Yates. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. And now we'll go to patron comments. If you support the show, you get to leave your comments about upcoming episodes and we read them and react to them. So let me see here. Did I do it? I did. I found it. Where is it? That is the last one. First one. Point extra G. Covenant. So now we're done with the batshit crazy Ducat and moved on to manip- manipulative self-serving Ducat. It's the last we see of him before the pure, dag, nasty, evil Ducat. There were a number of crazy cults in the 90s. Heaven's Gate wasn't much before this. David Koresh a few years back. And there were a rash of cult-based episodes of TV shows. X-Files and Stargate SG-1 also get into it. This really seems along the same lines of those episodes. It's just kind of there, not really standing out. It was a time of uh, popular cult activity, mm. I guess. Yeah, cults are still popular. always popular popular cult sure you might that's say. right yes pop pop cult. <laughs> there's got to be a podcast called pop culture right about if there's not i'm writing a comic called pop culture because <laughs> that's that that's too good of a title not to use <laughs> <laughs> norman buckwald says so what we get from ducat until the final 10 episode arc this season is an episode as a bajoran satanic cult leader the common cult tropes are all there and appropriately ducat is indirectly recreating his own bajoran slave station again but if we were to evaluate this episode with respect to character development, Ducat comes across as a cartoonish villain and Kira, the protagonist, to stop him. And how many times is Kira going to be abducted in this series? The episode is fun to watch, but it does, uh, but does it add much to the story of the series? Not really. And at this point in the seventh season, Ducat does not seem as complex as second season Seska of Voyager to compare recurring villains. And that is frustrating. Alemo's great acting makes this version of Ducat believable, at least. 2.5 out of 5. I did want to... I, um, I just want oh. to stress that I I think the other thing that the episode does kind of brilliantly is ties Ducat's desire to control Bejor into this Pare thing. And mm. that's when the episode is really good, when it's not clear yeah. what it is in Kira. You you should spend a good portion of this episode wondering if Kira has it wrong, right? And, yes. and Kira yes. does never seems to have it wrong. She seems to always have him dead to rights, and she eventually ends the episode by saying she was right, and she was right about this whole thing. But mm-hmm. I, I think the episode would have benefited more from having some doubt about whether or not Kira is right about what he wants and whether or not she's just being cruel and not cruel because he's a douchebag, but like whether or not she just won't allow for the fact that Ducat could be a new person. Mm-hmm. They don't stress that enough. Yeah. 
And I, uh, I did, I did want to mention that it, uh, it, it is kind of weird that apparently Ducat can just beam Hera into his ship or into the past whenever he wants to. Yes, Dominion uh, transporters, technology of the 25th century. I think that they've got yeah. there. They can they go three light years. If they don't do that, if I'm surprised they don't, that wasn't more of a thing because that's like that's that's a really terrifying weapon. Why don't <laughs> we? And if you could eight. just have someone like walk up to Cisco and throw a crystal at him, and all of a sudden they zip him out of there three light years away, that's a pretty effective weapon. I, you'd think that if you were head to siege AR five five eight, the Dominion should just beam everybody out of there, right, and just right. beam them into space and be like, "All right, now it's yeah. open. We can go in and get them." Oh, uh, oh, oh! Plot holes. How how dare these plot holes ruin my experience? Eh, that's not a plot hole. I know. I know. I'm being sarcastic. Uh, Captain Quark says, overall, this is an entertaining episode. The best part was the oh shit look on Ducat's face when he sees that the newborn is half Cardassian. Ducat actually makes a decent case for the power rates over the profits. I can buy these cultists following him, but it's strange credulity that they would continue to do so after they see the baby. Marco Lemo is always a joy to watch in this role, but it feels like the producers are keeping the character around just because the performance is great. I really think the character is superfluous at this point, and his storyline should have ended after the station occupation arc or the latest after Waltz. I um as as I was watching it, I was kind of I was kind of hoping that uh um Vedic uh Fontelroy yeah Fala was going to be more um in with the cult idea, and it wasn't just going to be oh this is what I this is what I believe now. I was I was expecting it to be like if this was a real cult thing. I mean, they ended up doing it sort of with the with the baby, but. It would be Vedic Fala walking around, you know, showing Kira however, you know, the ropes of everything and then being like, oh, and these are my 10 young wives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like have, have him be like, oh, yes, no, this is clearly the right way to do it. And I'm just, you know, these are my, all of my wives that the, the, uh, the, the Pares have told me that I, I am allowed to take. Like there, there wasn't that, there wasn't that true skewing of belief into uh you know the the um what's the word i'm looking for the uh uh perverting of of the actual ideas yeah the and, core the core and, the the original idea yeah being yeah yeah, yeah there, it was it's it's very much its own its own thing it's it's like the pares are separate from the prophets and it's not like a bunch of people who believe in the prophets are now interpreting the prophets the, the, oh, interpreting that mean. belief system differently to be like, oh well, it actually the prophets actually say that we should uh, marry our cousins. You know, it's, it was none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's not the um the bizarre twist that a cult usually puts onto something to to yeah. keep it going. There, like, I did like the fact that it's another case of the Ducat being the leader of this group makes a lot of sense with the the sort of like permission slip you need to have a baby. Like that, mm-hmm. controlling their sexuality is a very cult thing to do because yes. cults are yep. basically obsessed with sex and. Mm-hmm. Ducat doing that ties in perfectly with his previous character of a the sort of like the um the abuser of women from the occupation arc and stuff like that and I, yeah, I think that yeah. that's really clever and it works really nicely like there's a lot of really good dovetailing here I think that the mostly the problem is how necessary is Ducat at this point unfortunately and right, they, right. They, and I think that they're going to make him necessary but to get him to this point you have to have this awkward episode where he just kind of flips into a different character and comes back on you. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, Covenant. Zamluker Wessel says, the 
Battlestar Galactica parallels continue, with Ducat's bunch looking like a draft version of what President Roslin would call Baltar's girly groupy sex whatever they are. Though Baltar would have been glib enough to argue that by having sex I've, they were I've fur- been to that store. <laughs> they were having by having sex they were furthering the Parwraith's plan. Do, do, do. Next comment goes to David Beardmore. I feel like this did a good job of exploring how cults can work in a technology-filled sci-fi, but it's somewhat awkward and out of place in the arc of the season. Battlestar Galactica in 2004 did it much better with Gaius Baltar, side note, who looks disturbingly like Bashir. Not to spoil anything, but I feel they could have done a better job of introducing Ducat's ability to influence Bajorans through religion. Samuel S. says, what a weird episode. I have no idea what happened in the airlock scene where that woman was somehow not sucked out into the vacuum of space. I'm less than thrilled that the show has turned Ducat into Joel Osteen. Getting past that, I think the one thing that would have made this episode more compelling is if we did not see Ducat praying, and the show left it up to the audience to decide if his newfound faith was genuine or not. Other than that, nothing that I really wanted to see. Two out of five. Kyle Barrett says, As a fan of Prometheus, I was disappointed by this follow-up. It looks beautiful, and there's some good sequences, but overall it feels like two different films squished together. The Prometheus sequel elements are decent, but a straight-up alien (laughs) stuff is poor. Although, despite the Disney merger, I hope Ridley Scott will still get to make the third installment in his weird trilogy. Oh, shit, wrong covenant. Ah, this episode's not good, but maybe it was worth it just to hear Ducat say, it was only inside of me for a very short time, but it helped open my heart. Yeah, I agree. I love Prometheus. Uh, Covenant has a couple good scenes, but is generally kind of a shitty film. <laughs> the thing coming out of that dude's back was pretty good. But uh... also, not to go on a rant about Covenant, but we're here, so we may as well. Um, have you have you seen it? I have not. I don't, I don't think okay. so. I've seen Prometheus. This isn't going to make any sense to you, that, sure. but I'm going to say it anyway because I have a microphone in front of me. Mm. Uh, they 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 set up the whole story. Is did you see Prometheus? I did. Okay. The whole story of Covenant is that they they end up on this planet and they find David the the uh, android, yeah, the android from from Prometheus living living there by himself, um, being really uh, morose over the fact that he is a being who cannot create life, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's been doing all these like genetic manipulations with the uh, the creatures, the alien creatures and stuff, and you see all this shit, blah 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 blah. And up until this point, you haven't seen, like, the alien proper, like the classic alien. It's all these, like, weird proto-aliens and stuff that, you know, you haven't seen the Giger original-style alien until they, uh, you know, he happens to have a room full of eggs that he's designed or something or evolved into the classic egg, which then, you know, face-huggers a dude, and then finally you see the, the original alien. The thing that killed me is the alien the xenomorph is a is a biomechanical being right so they just left on the table the idea that why don't you have these proto aliens that aren't doing that aren't quite there yet become the the classic alien by breeding themselves through david mm-hmm. because then you have the creature the the organic creature melded with the robotics of the android into turning into this perfect perfect creature that is a biomechanical killing machine right i don't know i just thought it was right there on the table and they didn't even go <laughs> go close to it <laughs> what about um what about the aliens is biomechanic you're just talking about the fact that they're supposed to be the perfect machine like killing machine basically yeah i was always under the impression that that i i feel like they say it somewhere that it was it was a biomechanical thing like I it's see. not just straight organic because uh, the, the uh, black goo is a creation right the black goo is like a, a, a yes, 
the aliens make that. It's not the, so the aliens are born of this technology, basically, right? Yeah. Um, there's I forget exactly how it shakes out, but yeah, generally something like that. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a very complicated story once they started to try to explain what was going on, but I'll have yeah, to go back and watch. Covenant. Arguably, why they shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Covenant, Matthew Ross, last comment. Overall, a study in the insane cult of personality akin to a Jonestown moment without the tragedy. Regardless, Kira has another hairstyle. The schmoopiness to share between Odo and Kira is still strained, probably because the religion of Bajor is undefined. Her friend, the Vedek, looks so different from the others with the red highlights. Clearly, he's not evil. It's also yeah, the, the red earrings when Dukat tears his earring out is, is something that upsets me uh, greatly when mm-hmm. that happens. Uh, what was I saying here? Clearly, he's not evil. Weird that no one notices that weird beaming doodad till later. Don't worry. Kira is just the ex, though. She'll show up sooner or later. The followers with their red earrings on their other ear reminded me of an odd biker group. Honestly, I can't see why Kira is really there. I think the episode could have stood up on its own without her and just Dukat. I always snicker at the sideways station. It's cheaper. This episode is just another attempt to prove that Kira is more devout than she lets on, and Dukat is insane. Thank you, patrons, for your thoughts about Covenant. And now we're going to go to our thoughts here, Clay. But before we do that, I'll say one thing that we didn't really talk about is the uh, Hervetic fella. fella. Um, <laughs> not, a great, not a great character in this. He functions no. basically to be the tour guide of the episode. And yes. for someone who is supposed to have been such an influential force in the religion of Kira growing up, he is incredibly wishy-washy. And seems to have like no beliefs whatsoever that he can't abandon or pick up on a, a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and him killing himself at the end is just that kind of like, I, I think that character is pathetic in a way that the show doesn't want to talk about. But he's he's yeah. an extremely pathetic character, I think, and they, they don't really get into it all that much. And I didn't like the line either where he says, he, she's like, why did you do it? He's like, faith. I, yeah. I, and they, I mean, she kind of explains it in the next scene, but even so, I was like, eh. I don't know. That was pretty yeah. cheap. Uh, not, and not, also, not believable. Do you uh, do you remember in the Simpsons when um, they're watching? I forget. I forget. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's a Bleeding Gums Murphy episode where they're talking about the stuff that he did. Uh, you know, in his life, and uh, they show a clip of him on on the Cosby Show, and it's Bill Cosby. It's uh, what's his name? It, yeah, it's Bill Cosby saying, "Oh, here's your your grandfather, the famous jazz musician," and then his son, his kids are like. Don't we already have four other grandparents who mm-hmm. are also jazz musicians? He's like, yeah, but this is also your grandfather who's a jazz musician. That's how I feel every time a new Vedic shows up, and Kira apparently knows them from like when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like she knows everybody. There's only like twenty five to fifty people on all of Bajor, and she knows all of them. A lot of CDC is CDC right? A lot of CDC classes uh, growing up for her. I CCD. Think. CCT, sorry, CDC, Center of Disease Control. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that shows you uh, how little uh, power wraith uh, training I had growing up, I suppose. Mm. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, uh, scale of one to five, Clay, what are you going to give this episode? I'm going to give this a four. Oh, wow, interesting. You went yeah. higher. I couldn't convince you otherwise. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, really, I really enjoyed this. I like the, uh, I like the concepts. Um, it was the first episodic episode that they've done in a while that I thought was actually really engaging. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this one, this one, you know, it, it was a high concept episode and they, I thought they, they did it fairly well. So it stood out to me. Yeah. I, I liked it at the start. I like about the first half of it, I think, 
Um, and then it gets a little bit too specific. It takes on the episodic nature that I don't care for, I guess, where they have to make it into its own little standalone episode and explain why mm-hmm. Kira's right at the end. I I like all the ideas. I like the setup. I like what they try to do. It's a little ham-fisted or whatever, but I think it just it just doesn't... The theme of like being unsure about faith is just undermined by the way that they have to tell that story, I think. And yeah. that, that knocks it down for me. But I still think it's pretty it's a pretty interesting episode. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Um certainly not bad. It's a good three. I was thinking while I was watching it, wrapping it up too. It's not a bad three, it's a good three. Uh but yeah, it's it is what it is, and we'll see where Ducat comes from here. So Guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash ThePenskyPal if you want to support us there. It's much appreciated. Otherwise, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Instagram, all that stuff is down below. You can click the links. I think that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we head out of here? Uh, I don't think so. We're going to be doing a uh, Halloween edition of Real Ripe and Real Rotten pretty soon. We're going to be doing Wes Craven movies, so that should be fun. Yep, which are Nightmare Before Elm Street and Vampire <laughs> in Brooklyn. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm very, Street. Very different movie. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. So, And uh, uh, I don't know what we're going to do for the third one. He has a few interesting ones to choose from. We'll, fig- we'll figure it out. But that should be coming out around Halloween. We're trying to, uh, we'll see if we can get it done for Halloween. But if not, it'll be around Halloween anyway. So our next one up is It's Only a Paper Moon on DS9. It's Nog uh, dealing with the, the the loss of his leg. It's that episode. So we're going to follow up with Nog, and I guess we'll follow up with the podcast, and we'll follow up with our coverage of DS9. Until then, see ya.